Hi, my name is Chanel Howell and welcome to my podcast about all things tea. In this podcast series, I'm going to be talking to tea enthusiasts like myself, tea business owners. Uh, We're going to have a talk about tea culture, tea origins, the medicinal benefits of herbal teas and the wider tea community. So this is show number three. Welcome. My guest today is Siggy. He is a poor tea enthusiast and a YouTuber. Uh, He streams live tea drinking sessions. He also has some collaboration YouTube tea drinking videos. In our interview, we talk about Pu'er tea, uh, his YouTube videos and collaborations. And we also talk about the Discord tea community, which I didn't know about. So enjoy the interview. Ziggy, thank you for taking part in this interview. So I just wanted to ask you how you got into drinking tea. What inspired you? Was it a tea you tried that put you on this path forever? Hmm. That's <laughs> that's a very good question. Um, I I started drinking tea a fairly long time ago. I was still in school back then. Um, I, th- I think I was maybe 16 or 17 years old and I initially started being interested in censure. Now, why censure of all things and why tea? I'm not sure exactly. I think um, as everyone's mind at that age tends to be a bit uh, fickle, if you will, I kind of just decided one day that I would give tea a try and see if it maybe sticks. Yeah, well, it has. <laughs> oh, it definitely has. So you just picked Sencha randomly or was it introduced to you by someone? That's the thing, I'm not sure anymore. I think my very first experience with like loose leaf tea was buying a bag of Sencha from a local pharmacy. And I didn't particularly enjoy it. You didn't brew it properly. <laughs> so, I guess either that, which is quite likely, Mm. or it just wasn't great tea in the Mm -hmm. first place, which might also be the case. It was probably a mix of both. But then I, like, was concerned by, like, I I thought it it can't be possible that all tea tastes like that. There's got to be some good tasting tea out there. And I guess that's kind of how my journey started when I, thought about that there must be a way to drink more enjoyable tea and from then you you kind of love pure that's your your deepest love yeah at least nowadays i drank almost exclusively sencha for a few years i tried a few other things like i made orders here and there to try different types of tea but at the time, I was mostly drinking Sencha up until about 2018. Yeah, early 2018. And that's... Mm-hmm. And how did you get into, into uh, Pu'er? Because that's quite a, a deep dive. For me, it is anyway. It, <laughs> it, it, it is, but I'm, I'm not really sure how. I guess um, at some point... I had ordered a sample of Pu'er and essentially went through the same cycle I did with Sencha initially, 
because that particular pool was just not very good and um, I, I felt like better things are possible so around early 2018 I think in like late March maybe early April I joined the T Discord server and that's kind of where I really got started on poor and everything because the community there was like really engaged and enthusiastic about all kinds of tea and poor was uh, obviously the one that people were most obsessed with for the most part i wanted to say you also have a youtube channel so siggy has a as a nice youtube channel it's called a guy drinks tea is that correct yeah guy drinks tea a guy drinks tea and you uh you film yourself drinking tea you talk about poor tea yeah for the most part yeah. I, uh-huh. I'm not really sure if it, if I can really call it much of a YouTube channel at this point because I haven't really uploaded regularly or anything like that. But mm-hmm. from time to time, I like to drink tea and stream my session to a couple of friends, either on like Discord or on Twitch or wherever. And it's interesting. It is kind of fun, especially when other people yeah, can drink the same tea at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because on Saturday I was watching you and um, was it on the Nanushan channel? Mm-hmm. Or was it on your channel? That was on Nanushan. Yeah, that was, it was interesting. Me and Jens tuned in. It was really <laughs> good. So how did you link up with Nanushan as well, doing YouTube videos? Uh, well, that started when Jens told me about a like tea drinking weekend that Nanwashan was hosting uh, somewhere in the Alps where people from like all around Europe basically met up to drink tea and learn about tea for an entire weekend. I didn't really have much contact with them before that but I thought hey that might be my kind of thing so I'm just gonna go and do it and yeah it really ended up being my kind of thing. I had a lot of fun there and I got to know the uh, owners of Nanoshan, Gabriele and Matthias. And we stayed in contact afterwards because I like was aware of their YouTube channel at the time and I was interested in helping them out. It's a very good YouTube channel. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Like, uh, Despite my now somewhat deeper involvement with it, I still watch pretty much every video that comes out because they're usually very well made mm-hmm, yeah, and yeah. very... Very detailed as well. How long was that um, YouTube video on Saturday? It was about two um, hours, right? I'm not sure, to be honest. I haven't watched the oh, recording okay. yet, so okay. I don't quite know. And when I stream, I tend to not pay attention to the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some of them are like two hours, three hours. So you have to be like a real tea mm, head. Yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of do my yeah, thing. Yeah, do, do. Me and Jens were talking about the tea plantation in in Germany. I think they're called um, Chenara. Mm-hmm. Have you tried any of their teas? Yeah, or? I tried some of them uh, at Jens's place, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm. Yeah, he said he was a bit of a snob and he wasn't expecting much, but um, he was presently surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me too, I'm like, oh, tea mm-hmm. from Germany, does it taste as good? You know, the climate and everything, but it's 
so I, I need to try some. Yeah, they well. seem to have done a really great job of uh, cultivating their teas and uh, the whole processing as well. Like the basically almost every type of tea they made was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna try and get into people with them. I haven't tried to contact them yet, but it'd be nice to. Oh yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah, I was saying me and Yen should go down there together because you know he knows his tea stuff more than me. <laughs> but yeah. So, do you have any other media projects? Any tea-related media projects that you that you do or that you work on? Well, I've recently, like gotten more involved with Nanoshan as we previously talked about and I'm handling most of their live stream production so uh, things like stream overlays um, or emceeing the streams and stuff like that that's kind of my job right now so if you uh, want to see me at some point then the Nanoshan YouTube channel is probably where that's going to be in the foreseeable future mm-hmm. that's great and would you do any books or anything like that or do you, you have any plans <laughs> later uh, <laughs> Jens has been trying to push me to write a book no, you're very good you speak really nicely really well on video I appreciate that it I've that's something I've been thinking about for a fair bit I think as uh, someone who isn't a native speaker, it's easier to ve- uh, develop a certain type of voice when you're speaking a certain language, because at least if you like pay attention to it, then you can focus your learning on producing a certain appearance, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any... Um are there any other collaborations with any other YouTubers coming up or any other tea houses? Are you allowed to say? Or are you strictly an Anushan guy now? You can't, you know, <laughs> you can't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm not really aware of what Gabriele has in the works for the most part. We mostly talk about the stuff uh, that I'm doing when it comes to the YouTube channel. And I get some general insights into like what kind of products they have coming up rather than uh, videos. So do you have like an input in the type of ideas for videos and stuff? Um, Gabriel is the type of guy who really plans things out far ahead from what I've seen when it comes to the YouTube channel. So I think he mostly has a fairly set schedule with maybe a few spontaneous things like sprinkled in between yeah and he would listen to you i think and of course if there's something i want to see a video on i'm going to suggest it to him and if he likes the idea he's probably going to fit it into the schedule somewhere he'll take your ideas on board i think think. so too he's uh he's a very open-minded kind of person maybe you could actually do an interview with him as well at some point yeah i mean i've i've contacted him on instagram I don't know. Uh, what, yeah, it was about the tea shop because he had a, a video about um, opening a tea shop and it was a very informative part one and part two video. Mm-hmm. And um, it was my dream to open a tea shop in the past. <laughs> but um, his video was really, really informative and very realistic. So 
I said, oh yeah, just thanks for that video. I watched both parts. And then I mentioned about Jens and I just did the first interview with Jens. So, (laughs) you know, I'll check it out. But I think maybe when I've got like maybe past 10 digits, maybe I will contact us. I know he's a Mm -hmm. busy guy, so. On the other hand, the sooner the better. Like if there's, uh, maybe if there's a bit more lead up time, then things will be easier. Mm -hmm. Mm, Because he's in America right Mm -hmm. now. Right. Well, well, I mentioned to him that I did have a podcast, so yeah, maybe I'm a bit shy. <laughs> <laughs> it happens from time to time. Yeah, but I will say I've done an interview with Siggy now, so you know, he knows you. So <laughs> yeah, you've uh, already crossed two people yeah, off the list. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was going to ask because you don't live in Munich, so mm-hmm. I was going to say, do you have any any favorite tea shops where you go to buy tea or where you like to sit down and drink tea i i exclusively buy online Mm -hmm. there aren't any like specialty tea shops around my area unfortunately i used to buy a bit from like fufu whenever i was in munich but uh yeah but i i haven't been there and you order online as well? Where do you mm-hmm. order from? Directly from China or European vendor? It's uh, it's complicated. <laughs> of course, there's the like various online vendors. One of them, for example, being Nanoshan, or um, places like Yunnan Sourcing and the like. And then there are private sellers, if you want to call them that where you can buy tea for example directly from people that live in taiwan that store and sell it there or uh, another option is to buy tea directly from places like taobao or tmall but that requires the use of an agent that's gonna like buy them for you and ship them to you and the like Mm. do you have like a limit limited amount you have to buy it or a maximum can you do it as an individual or does it have to be like for bigger orders or the Taobao stuff can be done as an individual absolutely of course you kind of have to think about like where the optimal price point is so to speak Mm -hmm. it's quite expensive I'm guessing from directly from Taiwan It, it depends like you can you can get some very good deals and most of the time the shipping isn't too expensive so it does end up being worth it but it is a bit of an ordeal because the taiwan stuff in particular you have to like talk to them uh, preferably in chinese i <laughs> don't speak chinese which uh, makes things a bit more difficult but uh, somehow we're kind of managing a few of my online friends from the tea discord have also started doing it and if we like pool our uh, knowledge and attention together as a group then we can kind of get things figured out so um what about teaware do you have specific teawares that you use or are you not so um not so specific about it because i know some people are more enthusiastic about the tea wear than the tea or vice versa (laughs) it does seem that way sometimes yeah for me while i am quite particular about the tea wear i use i 
have the significant advantage that about 95% of my tea drinking consists entirely of one type of tea, that being Shangpur. Uh, that means I don't have to like have a bunch of different pots and whatnot, mm -hmm. because I just have my pot that I use for uh, most of those teas, and it just works. And then I do have a few different cups depending on what I feel like, but to be honest, I also feel like almost everyone that's into tea is gonna assemble yes. an armada of cups at some point. Yeah, end up with a, a big uh, shelf of 100 teapots. <laughs> mm. Has that been the same for you so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm not on Jens's level yet, but um, I have a lot of glass <laughs> teapots. Ah, oh, nice. Not, I don't have any clay, you know, not yet, so, um, yeah. Clay is a bit special, to be fair. It's, I mean, on the one hand, of course, I don't want to make it sound intimidating because it really is not, but... It can be. For a newbie, it can be quite intimidating. Yeah, it... I do think if you if you're aware of some, like safe options that are going to have decent clay and de decent craftsmanship then you're basically already set but if you really want to get into it and get obsessed with it then that's entirely possible which I guess also goes for tea mm -hmm. as a whole because uh, in the interview with, I did with uh, Jin from Life Fufu she said that Taiwanese clay pots are the best do you have any experience with Taiwanese clay pots? I mean, she would say that. <laughs> well, she's not Taiwanese, she's Korean. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but they do mostly sell Taiwanese tea, don't they? Yes, but I think they're getting a bit more, more Korean stuff now due to the, um, the new owner. But I also like China as well. That's, that's probably my favourite mm -hmm. tea wear material. Mm, yeah, it, a nice porcelain cup yeah all porcelain as is well. really good mm. yeah the tea just slips into your mouth it's so nice and smooth mm. yeah i saw a really nice extremely thin walled porcelain teacup on taobao a few weeks ago and i really like it it's like really good craftsmanship it looks really nice and the shape is perfect for me Unfortunately, it's really expensive, of course. <laughs> save up for it, save your pennies. Maybe I should. Treat yourself for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Add to your collection. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough to buy more teaware, though, because that money could be spent on more tea instead. That's the eternal struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's... <laughs> That's where most of my money goes on tea and not teaware. But I do need to invest in some decent, um, some decent mm -hmm. teapots. So I was going to ask about Discord. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a tea community on t Discord. Exactly. It's. How does that work? Well, Discord is basically set up in a way where you have a server that. It's usually dedicated to like a topic or an interest or a friend group or something like that. Mm -hmm. And on that server, you can set up a large number of text channels. So the way it works on the tea discord is that we have channels dedicated to most types of tea. Mm -hmm. 
and people can join the server after they've made a Discord account. They can go there and they can talk about the teas that interest them. How many people are on there, are in the group? I think the last time we checked, we had almost 2,000. Wow. It's a fairly large community, yeah. Is it, how is it different to like Facebook or is it more detailed, a bit more interactive? S- yeah, for sure. Definitely more interactive. So my experience with Facebook groups is essentially that people post their stuff there and then oftentimes it doesn't even really feel like they want people to interact with their posts. They kind of just throw it out there and leave it to rot. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Discord, due to it being a mostly text and direct chat-based medium, you get less of these sort of uh, expository posts. And most of the posting that happens on there is with the aim of interacting with people. So asking questions, starting discussion topics, all of that kind of stuff. And do you guys like recommend teas? Do you guys meet up in person? We do have a channel specifically dedicated for tea recommendations, yeah. So people can post in there and ask uh, for recommendations for a specific type of tea and even specific types of teaware, etc. And we also do have an events channel where upcoming tea events are posted. Okay. Obviously, that's also not really possible right now. And unfortunately, I haven't met anyone from the tea discord in person so far, but it's something we've been planning to do for quite a while now. Yeah, now, well, now I'm on Discord. Um, I'm going to definitely have a look. So I thought it was a gaming platform discord i didn't really look at it before it is for the most part but just the fact that you can make any kind of server for free gives people the option to use it for anything they want really for example i have a personal discord that's almost entirely dedicated to bookmarking tea related links Mm. do you want to (laughs) share There's a lot of mundane nonsense on there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never... This is the first time I've used Discord, so I don't know how, mm-hmm. how it works. I had to get my head around it. But, um... Um, I'd say if anyone listening is interested in tea, I'd say they should give the tea Discord a try. So uh, you can find the tea Discord at https colon double forward slash discord.gg slash t it's that easy how often do you do videos i had initially planned to do them once a month but then i found myself maybe part unable part unwilling to do that uh on the one hand i got fairly busy with university stuff at like right after the last video I did and I wasn't really able to get back into the swing of it afterwards oh okay okay nowadays I also have the the uh, nanoshan commitment which is likely going to be one live stream every two months so one thing I could think about would be to uh do a personal live stream during the months where I'm not streaming on Nanoshan. Maybe that could work. But 
ultimately, I guess it's mostly about finding the motivation to do it. Mm. Oh, you've got enough tea. I'm sure you could do a lot of videos. That is true. I <laughs> do have more yeah. tea than I can drink in a fairly long time. Yeah, I'm sure. How much teas do you, would you say you have? Because Jens says he's got about over a thousand, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he's also mentioned that to me at some oh. point. Yeah, he wants to get it down to like double digits. I, hmm. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> so, given that I'm almost entirely focused on Shangpur, I don't think I have all that many different teas. So. I've never really thought about how many teas I have overall. If we include all of the samples and all of the things I've tried, I might be up to a few hundred, but teas I like actively have around and consume are probably closer to, I'd say maybe 60 to 75 different poor wow. teas. And do you have a favorite one or like a top five? I know it's a stupid question because every time I ask this, people are like, mm. no, you don't have a favorite tea. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'd technically be inclined to agree with that sentiment, but at the same time, I really don't because um, while there might not be one tea that's like the eternal favorite that will always hold its position and never change, I think there's always going to be a particular tea that you're going to be in the mood for for a mm. while. Kind of like a phase, if you will. Yes, yeah, that's true. And I guess uh, my current phase is this um, Shangpur, of course, from 1999. And it's the only poor I've actually bought from them so far. They were quite generous and sent a bunch of their samples along with it. But that tea in particular is just really, really enjoyable. It kind of hits all of the points that I enjoy in Pu'er. So can you explain what Pu'er is exactly? It's like a fermented tea, right? Kind of, yeah. So... Like from the roots of the tree? There are, there are two different types of Pu'er. Um, there's ripe pu'er, which is called shu or shou in Chinese, and there's raw pu'er, which is shang pu'er. Uh, shou pu'er is a fairly recent development. It came into existence, I think experiments started sometime in the 50s, and then uh, it really hit the market in the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. And shang pu'er has been around for quite a while, <laughs> many, many years. What it is, is essentially uh, leaves from the Yunnan Assamica varietal, for the most part, mm -hmm. that are processed in a way that's similar to green tea, but they're missing the final step of uh, Kilgreen, I think it's called, where the uh, enzymatic activity in the leaves is halted. You kind of want that in green tea because it's meant to be drank right away but in poor the opposite is the case where you want the tea to change as the years go by and it gets quite moldy as well 
it can be, for sure. It all depends on how it's stored, and I think that's one of the things that makes Pua more interesting for me compared to other teas, that it has a life of its own after it's done processing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how is it, like, taste-wise compared to regular tea? Is it more bitter? Because some of the Pua's I've had are quite bitter. So it's quite <laughs> taste, yeah. It can be, for sure. Pua... Oh... It's really, uh, it's really difficult to describe the taste of poor with a general direction because really, even when it comes to just Shang Pua, there is there's sort of two, maybe almost three big, uh, fairly separate groups. There's young Shang Pua, there's aged Shang Pua, and then there's, I'd call it matured, or old if you will, Shangpua. And the flavor profiles between all three of these are quite different. So a young Shangpua is often going to be somewhat similar to a green tea, but uh, less mild and more aggressive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But y you will be able to find fairly like bright aromas, fresh fruit, uh, floral scents all of this kind uh, this kind of stuff but also kind of these green notes like a vegetal savoriness maybe a slight taste of grains that kind of stuff and now you're explaining it now i'm feeling like oh maybe i should try some more poor teas i do think there's a poor tea for everyone yeah. out there it just needs to be discovered yes yes so what's the oldest poor you've had or that you have with you or that you've drank uh, I think the oldest one I've ever drank was at Jens's place where we drank one from the 1960s and it basically just tasted like very complex leaf litter if that makes sense it was incredibly earthy but the taste had these kind of layers to it that you don't really get anywhere else. It's it's difficult to describe. It really kind of needs to be experienced, and I hate saying that because these kind of things are difficult and expensive to experience, but mm -hmm. it it is a very unique thing. Yes, it is. And you have to have the, the patience and the palate, actually, to appreciate it. I do think to some extent one doesn't actually need all that much quote-unquote training to enjoy these things. I feel like, in a way, some of these experiences are sort of divorced from prior experiences, if that makes sense. They can stand on their own without requiring all that much context. Mm -hmm. True. And uh, where are most of the Pu'as from? Are they mainly Chinese or do they have them in... So, technically speaking, the term Pu'a refers to a tea that is made in Yunnan in China. But nowadays, people are experimenting with making, like using Pu'a processing methods on teas from, let's say, Thailand, Laos... Or uh, I think I've even seen Taiwan, yeah. Mm. 
Is that a good thing to do that, to mix teas from different regions? Because I've heard some negative things about that as well. Do you mean mixing? Like pressing like, them into a cake, yeah. Like putting them together. Um, some people don't like that. Well, I guess it depends on what different regions would imply in that case, because different region could, of course, mean like entirely different countries, or it could just mean like teas from different mountains put together. Mm. And tea qualities as well from different areas. Oh, yeah. Some of them just get mixed up and pressed into a cake. Yeah. But I think that... I guess it's kind of similar to what I've heard people say about whiskey a fair bit, where, of course, um, single-origin teas are going to be more educational, in a sense, because you get an impression of what tea from that area tastes like. But if it's purely about getting the optimal experience in terms of flavor and what you get out of the tea, then it's not unlikely that a well-blended tea might perform better, particularly at a like certain price point, because obviously blended uh, teas could be cheaper. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time. But not all of the time, because sometimes the price tag can be quite high as well, if it's kind of disguised as something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one uh, interesting development that's been going on recently in that regard is with uh, teas from probably the most famous tea. Uh, poor producing factory right now, Dai, Okay. Where their uh, most famous recipe, the 7542 Shangpur, has been a target of large speculations from Chinese tea buyers. Mm-hmm. So, because I think this year is some kind of anniversary year for them, they released special versions of 7542 that were bought up by collectors and their price skyrocketed Mm -hmm. like these teas usually go for I think in China maybe 30 euros maybe a bit less per cake for one yeah per cake Mm. I thought it was a bit more expensive then that's quite not reasonable but not as expensive as I thought yeah some of these factory productions can be quite affordable for sure but they're definitely more expensive than that can be some mm-hmm. yeah and the, the price of that one in particular instead of the uh, 30 euro it usually costs shot up to I think almost a thousand euros over the course of a couple of weeks just because there was that much hype around it mm. have you tried any of it? no <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if they're even really available outside of China you can you can probably get one if you really try but then you're paying absurd amounts of money for a very young 2020 factory tea and Mm -hmm. it's probably a good tea no doubt but if I'm going to be spending a thousand euros on a singular tea cake then (laughs) it could be something very very special instead yes you'll have to drink it only once a year 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the joys of Poor in particular, that one of these cakes can stay with you for a long, long time. And if you drink it from time to time, you can get a sense of how it develops, how it changes, and how time keeps passing. Mm -hmm. Is there any Poor's that you're not too keen on? I'm, I'm not very fond of show Poor, but... That's just my personal kind of thing. I I feel like they often lack the kind of complexity you get from Shangpua. But people enjoy them for a wide variety of reasons. They have great mouthfeel. They often have quite pleasant flavors. If those types of flavors is something you're really into, they often taste like earthy, quite uh, sweet, and they're very viscous and what would you say like um what type of food goes nice with pu'er is it a good food pairing tea or is it just good to drink it on its own hmm i've been wondering about that for quite a while because one of the first things i wanted to do when i got into pu'er was to put together a sort of uh tea tasting multi-course dinner where i'd pair a particular tea with a dish that goes well with it but yeah that sounds interesting as i've kept exploring poor i found that it's actually quite difficult to pair poor with food a lot of the time because often enough one of the two is going to be significantly stronger than the other and mm -hmm. if you have a strong tasting poor and a strong tasting dish then they might clash quite easily if both are subtle then it might work, but it's also difficult to find a subtle poor. So it, mm. it does come with a lot of challenges. Because mm. in China, I'm sure they're drinking with food, right? Yeah, uh, show poor is usually served with dim sum. Okay. Oh, I love dim sum. At least in some places. Yeah. Same. That sounds like a nice combination. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably drink Shopur if I could do so while eating them some. Mm. I was going to ask if there's any events coming up, but obviously it's Corona. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. But do you meet up with tea drinkers and, you know, have a chat and a tea, like a tea group? I know you're in Jens's group, but are there any other groups you're part of? And the Discord group, obviously. Only those two for me. I'd oh, okay. like to meet up with uh, Jens' group more often, but obviously it's been difficult lately. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon, because it's, it's always good fun in my experience. So, do you have any other words about tea? Any final notes to say? Hmm. There's a lot that can be said about tea, and... Uh, Definitely. <laughs> Could, I'm learning that now. <laughs> yeah, we, we could probably sit here for uh, days and days on end and just yes. not even talk about any particular topics, but just about tea in general and kind of have the conversation flow like a river. Yes. How often do you drink tea? Every day? Usually once a day. Yeah, I do too. Five sometimes times a day nice. at least. You know, I drink a lot of tea. <laughs> a bit too much. Yeah, I... Especially when drinking poor, I don't really feel like I 
want to do more than one when I'm just by myself. Obviously when you're in a group setting it's much easier to go through a bunch of teas in a row. But when I'm just sitting at home I usually have lunch then I wait for maybe an hour and a half and then after that I drink my tea and then I'll have dinner within two hours and that's a nice afternoon. Do you do that because of uh, digestive purposes of the tea or is that just... It, it mostly established itself that way because I tend to get quite hungry after drinking poor. Yeah, so uh, whenever I drink poor I try to do it in a way where I'll be able to have food within two hours afterwards. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular reason why that happens? Because it's the minerals in the in the tea or something, or I I have no idea. I've wondered about that for a long time, and it mostly happens when I drink poor and when I drink sencha. It doesn't happen as much for other teas. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I love sencha. Sencha's nice. We've been drinking some um, bancha as well recently. Mm, nice trying different yeah we had some the one i had was not good quality so jens had a better (laughs) bancha and that was actually really better than the one i had yeah even the different grades of tea leaves obviously there's different qualities but um the one i had it was not that good so jens was telling me oh smell this does it look good does it look oh it looks fine but (laughs) yeah that does sound like him <laughs> Would you do like a tea sommelier course or have you done any any different types of tea courses? I've never done a tea course in my life, to be honest. Um it's all self-taught essentially, yeah. And like from talking to the people in the tea group and finding resources online and obviously the tea discord. Um I that's quite a trend now. There's loads of these certification yeah. courses, sommelier stuff. I'm, I'm not really sure how to feel about it, to be honest. Obviously, it's nice to get a certification and stuff because it looks good on paper, but I think um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes, trying to quantify things mm-hmm. in the way... Uh, a wine sommelier would doesn't make that much sense for tea yeah and when you drink tea how do you feel because i i feel like really happy i just love drinking tea yeah some people like tea just to learn about it and just to kind of you know have more in-depth i think i like tea more just to enjoy it and more of the meditative side and contemplate in an experiential sense. I I tend to think of tea as something comfortable, I'd say. Like, if I have the time to do a proper tea session and focus on the tea in a bit, then that probably means that I'm currently in a spot where there isn't anything that like really needs to get done or anything I'm really worried about and I can just have my tea and enjoy myself. Mm. Yeah, because um, um, on another interview, the lady said, um, the life fufu lady, she mm-hmm. said, um, it's good to drink tea on your own. I mean, you can drink it in a group as well, but drinking it on your own is also like a different type of experience. 
kind of contemplate more? Mm-hmm. Do you prefer on your own or in, in a group? Uh, I'd say it depends on my mood. Like, mm-hmm. um, I do enjoy drinking in a group and talking about the tea we're drinking with the group together. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes. It, it's sort of for different purposes. Like the group drinking is social and educational and a lot of fun in that way. And drinking for myself is like calm and comfortable and laid back. So in a way, they're kind of two entirely different experiences, even if the thing we're doing is essentially mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. And drinking in a group, it is educational, actually, because I've learned a lot from drinking with others because I've been drinking tea mm-hmm. my whole life obviously but you know just a certain type of tea but I have learned a lot from different tea drinkers like that's the past great year yeah so yeah you can never know everything about tea You're always learning yeah. definitely and it keeps you quite humble and I think that's the right kind of mindset exactly it keeps you humble and it keeps mm. you curious and I think curiosity is a big driving force when it comes to these kind of things. Like, once you stop being curious, the your motivation for something will probably eventually go away, and that's where yeah. things uh, go downwards. But if you can stay curious and if you can stay humble about it and don't become too convinced that the opinion you're holding is necessarily the correct one then it Mm -hmm. makes you more open to other people's perspectives and experiences and if you can take those in without judgment then you can use them to enrich your own view on things Mm. yeah that's true yes so um where can people find you on on your YouTube channel? Do you have a website or a blog? Uh, I do not have a website or a blog. No, I'm... Honestly, I'm just basically some <laughs> random person that likes tea. That, You're just a guy that drinks tea. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That, that's who I am. Guy drinks tea. No more, no less. <laughs> and that is the name of Siggy's YouTube channel, by the way, peeps. Yeah, so check it out. So that was Siggy and our interview. Uh, Siggy is a great speaker. He can really explain tea fantastically. His vocabulary, the way he talks about tea is so great. I can listen to him talk about tea for hours. He's on YouTube. His YouTube channel is Guy Drinks Tea, not A Guy Drinks Tea. That was a mistake I made in the interview. If you're a real tea head, I would recommend you watch some of his live streams. Even if you're not a tea head, You know, there's always something you can learn. I'll be back again next week with another interesting guest. So until then, bye.